It's that time of year. Ooh, what time of year is that? Is it the time when we look back and make a list of who was naughty and who was nice and then decide who not to bother giving presents to? No, Randy. Everybody gets a present, even if they've Ooh. been naughty. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what I'm getting. <laughs> Actually, nobody gets a present. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> No, it's that time of year when we reflect and pull together some of the really smart things people have said to us after we finish our interview when we do the podcast. Oh, yeah. I love when we do these episodes. Okay, everyone, here's a peek behind the scenes. For the, for the last year, we've been asking everyone we interview three extra questions. And this week, we're happy to share some of the best answers to the first one of those questions. And... Drum roll. I did that quite well, actually. This <laughs> <You> week, <laughs> we're looking at the answers to the question, what do you look for when hiring someone into a product role? And we had some amazing answers and some really strong, consistent themes coming through on these. Where should we start, Lily? Let's start with our theme song, actually. Hit the music. The product experience is brought to you by Mind the Product. Every week on the podcast, we talk to the best product people from around the globe. Visit mindtheproduct.com to catch up on past episodes and discover loads of free resources to help you with your product practice. You can also find more information about Mind the Product's conferences and their great training opportunities happening around the world and online. Create a free account on the website for a fully personalized experience and to get access to the full library of awesome content and the weekly curated newsletter. Mind the Product also offers free product tank meetups in more than 200 cities. There's probably one near you. All right, so this is a really big question. What do you look for when hiring someone into a product role? I mean, I remember when I first started interviewing people for product jobs, it was really hard. I wasn't sure what to look for at first. Do you remember when you first started this, Lily? Yeah, so I only just started hiring product people this year and having worked with lots of product people before and having had lots of great advice from other product people that I know, uh, I was very successful in hiring some fantastic product people earlier this year. <laughs> well done you. Maybe use some of the advice we're going to cover today. Um, why don't we start with something really practical, though? This is a couple of things that I thought were really great answers on something practical that you can put into practice straight away. So what do you think is actually the biggest mistake that someone can make in an interview? Oh, I think for me, the biggest mistake is really just not having any questions about the company or the product. Um, you know, when you get to the end of the interview and you're like, hey, have you got any questions? And if there's like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> then it's a bit like, really? Do you really have nothing to ask? Um, I feel like that's a bit of a, a red flag for me. Yeah, we went into this a little bit more with uh, Mel McVay from Condé Nast. So why don't we hear what she has to say on the subject? Mel, Mel McVay. Mel McVay. Mel McVay. First thing I look for is whether or not they've actually tried the product they're interviewing for. I, 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 yeah, I have, I, have, I have been in many interviews where the person hasn't even looked at the product, so can't talk about it. So it's one of my first and leading questions is what do you think of our product? It's an interesting one if you're doing B2B, but for B2C, it works perfectly. 
Yeah, true. I mean, if you're B2B, there's probably ways, but then you would need to know the business. So because you need to be passionate about the thing you're applying for. Um, it isn't just about having skills as a product manager. Often it's about having a type of skills and a type of kind of kind of cultural context that would help mean that you add value to the organization. So I love that answer from Mel, but something else that came up that I thought was really interesting. A lot of the people that we talked to this year answered the question, they talked about a way that they're trying to find out if the person they're interviewing, you know, has the chops, if they can really do the job, if they can prove it. But there was actually a really clear divide in the way that men and women answered this question. Yeah, so women tended to emphasize the need for greater communication. And this is very general, but in general, men went for more of an attitude of like, show me what you've actually done. Let's talk about your practical experience, Uh, which is a really interesting observation and maybe one that our listeners can use to their advantage next time Mm. they find themselves in an interview. I don't know. Would you favor people trying to do one of those or would you think to use both sides of this advice? I think you have to respond to the person that is interviewing you. So if they favor one or the other, then uh, you need to, you know, you need to go in the direction that they're going in. But at the same time, you know, if you have no opportunity to demonstrate your practical knowledge and skills because the focus is too much the other way, then you should always try and get in a bit at the end. Uh, where One of my favorite questions in an interview actually is, uh, is there anything that you wanted to tell me that you haven't been able to talk about yet? Um, and mm. I think even if someone doesn't ask this, at the end, you should think to yourself, is there anything that I wanted to tell you that I haven't been able to yet and try and get that in at the last minute? So we had a lot of really great answers that were on this. Let's start with the women, though. Let's start with uh, Lucy Boisson from Content Square. She's the CPO there. And I think this was actually my favorite approach of all of them. Lucy Boisson. Lucy Boisson. I think what's super important is to find the right balance between uh, soft skills and uh, hard skills, you know. So you want someone that is uh, good at doing discovery. You want a curious mindset. Uh, you want uh, someone that is good with data. You want someone that is uh, good at interviewing customer. All those kind of things that I would call as uh, hard skills. Mm-hmm. But... You can have all the hard skills. If you don't have the soft skills, it, it's not going to work. So what we do at Content Square is that every, every um, hiring process ends with a panel. And during this panel, each candidate has to uh, present, uh, has a 20-minute presentation about a topic they really care about. And we ask them not to talk about work projects. So we had... Uh, scuba diving, we had why the beer foam, we had uh, what was the story behind Shazam. And the goal of this presentation, you present in front of your future manager, your peers, and uh, people from sales and customer success. And the goal is really to um, test your leadership skills and your ability uh, to uh, share a vision and share your passion with the group on any topic. And then it's followed by a conversation 
So the, the um, candidate has to manage a conversation with like five to 10 people with different perspective, which is also giving us a good idea of uh, how do you manage your stakeholder. So we find this exercise very good, you know, to, to, to try to test the, the soft skills. Is that for people at all levels of product or just for, for yes. leadership roles? Wow. No, all level. But uh, if you are a junior product manager, you're going to have just your uh, future manager and choose a product manager. Ah. If you're a product director, you're going to have, uh, you're going to have, so I sit in most of them, which can be sometimes a bit, uh, uh, scaring for product manager. But if you are higher, higher level, you're going to have a VP sales or VP marketing or VP customer success also in the panel. I'm dying to know the, the, the people, the, the customer, the VPs and people like that, are they excited to come to these or are they, uh, is it tough to get them to come? No, they love it because uh, every time it's a new topic and we really push the product manager to make sure we're going to learn something, you know, that <laughs> we're going to be out of this meeting knowing something amazing about surfing or something amazing about, I don't know, building houses, you know. <laughs> and let's go straight into this top tip from Danushi Pierres from JP Morgan. One thing that um, I really look for in uh, junior product managers is the ability to think openly and source information. So being curious is the biggest quality um, and also being personable. So not you don't have to be the most outgoing person out there. Um, and just certainly not the most talkative, but being a product manager and especially a platform product manager requires an inordinate amount of coordination and talking to different characters, uh, some maybe less so uh, responsive to coming in new as product and trying to disrupt things and being able to navigate that world, as well as also being able to inspire product managers around you, uh, both junior and senior um, for new hires and also executives uh, with new ideas. And most importantly, also your uh, parallel functions like design, user research, tech um, is very, very important. So those are the two characteristics I look for. You know, we don't have time to put in every great answer we got. So I'm just going to shout out to Leah Taran and Liz Clo, who also gave really good answers on this. But, you know, the men, as we said, they went in a different direction. Alex Watson. Alex Watson. Alex Watson. I think when I'm hiring, it's really important that when a PM uh, gives examples of the work they've done, that they're able to narrate that story in a, a compelling way where you can really understand what the impact was i find it quite dry if someone just says oh and this led to a 10 percent increase in this figure i think you really want to be able to set up why was this a problem for the company why did it matter and then how did you take this approach like what was it that you did um, and don't focus too much on the process i think often companies have their own processes or they have the way that 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 works what you want to do is be taken or personally i want to be taken inside the problem why did it matter? Why did you take the approach you did? And how did you bring that home as a as a, a victory? Or even better, as a interesting failure that you then kind of learned from and responded to, I think. And that was Alex Watson from Spotify. And on a very similar topic, 
or the same topic, um, <laughs> we have Huang Nguyen Vu of West Wing. Huang Nguyen Vu? Huang Nguyen so I, I will give just some the main points now and not the uh, overall answer because that would take too long and would uh, need an entire episode by its own but in the first stage when i for example uh, i'm in the screening stage i always look for quantification of impact and uh, yeah of impact that's that's it like does this person has a clear quantification of the impact that this person has achieved in their previous roles? If that's something that I can get from the CV by a glance of uh, five seconds or less, it's a, 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 this person gets to the next round. Now, while interviewing, I like to apply the same concept like continuous discovery by uh, Teresa Torres, just in the interviewing setting. So instead of asking, um, um, yeah, uh, broad hypothetical questions, I try to ask, hey, tell me about the last time you shipped the feature and I dive deep into the details. Like, hey, where did the idea come from? What was the, uh, what were the challenges along the way? And I also always make sure to include one question at the end of this second part, and that is to ask, okay, if you would do it again today, would you do something different? Because I know that every one of us is learning, is growing, and sometimes we have a cool story in the back, but when we think back of it, ah, no, back then I didn't knew about this X uh, component of product management. If I would have done it today, I would do it differently. So this essentially also tells me a lot about um, if this person has um, grown in the, in the past and yeah, you know, sees things differently. That's such a good uh, piece of advice. I love it. Lily, there's something interesting that comes out of this as well. So, you know, people talk about proving it. And one of the things I've heard people talk about, or at least I've read about before, is this idea of of product sense. Is that something you've ever looked for in an interview? I don't know about product sense, but I would definitely say that there's something in some people having just more of a product mindset. And maybe it is the same thing. I'm not sure. Let's go to Ben Foster from Podify, who talks a little bit about this. Ben Foster. Ben Foster. Ben Foster. Ben Foster. <laughs> Product is all about judgment. You're constantly making judgment calls all day, every day. And somebody who can look at the information, make smart decisions based on what they see is the kind of person that I want to hire. Nice. People who just look at the information is a good start. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <what else. laughs> so, Lily, that demystifies product sense a bit. What about attitude in general? We had a few people talk about this. And my standard answer, you know, except when I need a specific capability uh, in my team, is to hire for attitude. You know, I can grow aptitude. I can teach people frameworks and techniques and things, but I can't teach attitude. Yeah, I agree with this. Um, and I've heard it lots from other people too. Uh, I think this is really interesting if we flip this of like, you know, thinking about the interviewee in this process, how do you demonstrate your attitude in an interview and really try and get across your, I guess, the way that you think about things and the way that you approach things so that you appear very hireable? So we had some, again, a bunch of really great answers on this, and we're going to choose three of them for, for this topic. So first one is from our friend Tobias Freudenreich, a product coach out of uh, Germany. Tobias Freudenreich. Most important from my point of view is character and personality. 
because all the skills we can train easily, but personality and character we cannot easily train. So I look for people who have a collaborative mindset. I look for people who want to learn, who want to grow. Um, I want people who are eager to change stuff um, and everything else they can learn. So pro product, from my point of view, is most of it is common sense. We have shiny frameworks to cover that it's just common sense. Um, but I think most of it can be easily learned, like how you write a story, how to, how to prioritize a backlog, even how to write a product strategy that can be learned. Um, and it's not super, um, it, it's not rocket science. So personality traits and behavior is way more important, I feel. And Itamar Gillard, product coach and author, went a bit more specific. Itamar Gillard. A bunch of things, but I think maybe the top one is customer empathy. So the ability to step outside your body, in a sense, and project yourself into their lives and see the world through their eyes, which is extremely hard for a lot of technical people and a lot of business people. And it's like, you need to find these people who are sensitive enough to do it. And let's do one more. Uh, we've got Kax Usan, who's the head of product at Adavinta, who totally amped it up even further. I love this answer. Excitement. So somebody, there's a lot of people with great skills already. So I'm looking for somebody who is clearly excited about the role, clearly excited about the product. Um, excited about the industry because skills, whether there are gaps or not, can be learned. But excitement, when people are excited to work on the things that you're working on, it, it spreads. And it, there's also the hunger then to learn more and maybe learn faster. But excitement is amazing. I absolutely love Cax's answer on that. Um, and it's definitely one that I'm going to be stealing when I think about hiring next time. So if you can't get excited, then yeah, go home. <laughs> <laughs> so Lily, there's one question I hate to ask and I really hate being asked. And it's about the, the question about where you're going to be. Where do you see yourself in a few years time? Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a good answer for that right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I love Nam's take on this um, and what she looks for. So let's have a quick listen to Nam. That's a great question. Um, I look for ambition, um, and that's for product people at all levels. I always ask them. Um, what, where they see themselves or what they want to become in the next kind of three to four years time. And I do expect an answer from them. And, you know, it, it, there's no right or wrong answer. There's no stupid answers here. But I do expect some answer because I think, again, ambition is important. I think, you know, if you're ambitious, you're going to work hard. And I think we all want hardworking people in our teams. So I love Nam's answer, but... I think I might even like Kirsten Mann's answer better because she kind of takes it and looks backwards instead of forwards. Kirsten Mann. Kirsten Mann. Kirsten Mann. It's probably quite standard, I think, in, in terms of um, 
what I've read from other people, but curiosity um, is key. Like, are you actually interested in things and, and, you know, what's brought you to this and and really probing that? But traits like resilience and tenacity um, are so key because product roles are tough. And if you're a bit of a delicate flower... (laughs) I think it's it's a it's a hard gig, right? So, be able have they got that kind of um, resilience to survive and get critiqued all the time, and for people not to really love you and be happy with you all the time? Um, track and that's shown in track records and learning. So, one of my favourite interview questions that I typically will ask people is: Are we allowed to swear, or we're not allowed to swear? You can you can beep it. Um, what? Where did you fuck up? right? Where did you fuck up and what have you learned from that? And in Australia, we are allowed to ask that in interview questions. And, um, and fascinating. I, with the people who say, I've never had any issues. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> That's amazing. Congratulations. But it also says me, I don't think you're really learning from, <laughs> from what you're doing. So that's, that's typically that. And what does that mean? Honesty, self-reflection, all of those kind of things, really important to me as well. Awesome. So if you say I've never fucked up, it means uh, that th- what they're actually saying is I've just fucked up this interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and there's one trait listening that came up again and again from people like Dave Martin. But Amy Wagner had a great way of how to look for this in an interview. Amy Wagner. Amy Wagner. Amy Wagner. So product people product people that listen to their whole team that is number one on the list and people who are are not just guided by their own internal vision (laughs) but product people who um, look at the problem they're trying to solve and try and find evidence to back up the decision that they're trying to make Uh, and then of course evidence is only evidence if it actually works as well so then going back and measuring what they've done so evidence to show that they do that or that that is baked into their approach is definitely what i look for when hiring someone into a product role how do you i'm curious how do you know in advance if they listen to their whole team (laughs) do you know sometimes it's um talk me through an example that you what you've done before um for a big chunky feature or something like that and if they haven't mentioned any of that I know that, yeah. oh, I just had a hunch and, you know, I had this great idea because product saves the world. You know, I don't want any of that. It's like, hmm. And then taking some kind of um, some consult from everyone else in the team. So, you know, really feeling like they're part of a multidisciplinary team, not, you know, the boss of the team. And that wraps up all of the insight that we collected from our amazing guests over the last year on what people look for when they are hiring product roles. I wonder what you think about it. You know, not you, Lily, you, the listener. If you've got something else to add on this, drop us a line, get in touch. Do it on LinkedIn, on Mastodon, on Blue Sky, on any of the things. And if there's another question that you would love us to ask our guests, then please reach out and let us know. We'll be back with you soon with another compilation of great answers to difficult questions. So look for that in coming weeks. The product experience is the first and the best 
podcast from Mind the Product. Our hosts are me, Lily Smith. And me, Randy Silver. Lou Ron Pratt is our producer and Luke Smith is our editor. Our theme music is from Hamburg-based band POW. That's P-A-U. Thanks to Arnie Kittler, who curates both Product Tank and MTP Engage in Hamburg, and who also plays bass in the band for letting us use their music. You can connect with your local product community via Product Tank, regular free meetups in over 200 cities worldwide. If there's not one near you, maybe you should think about starting one. To find out more, go to mindtheproduct.com forward slash product tank.